you Yeah, yo There whenever it matters and even more when you feel like it doesn't Protect you so you never feel like you wasn't Know I'm right alongside you, here by that I'm behind you But always got you, end the discussion, nothing means more First one to offer his shoulders for what you preach for Thought I saw the eyes of the world until I seen yours And know that I ain't see a better view yet I'm with whatever, so don't ever you fret Know that you covered, not a hurdle or a heartbreak To change what a part take Cause none of them won't ever get comfortable in your walkway My job is to aware you, fully loaded Prepare you for all of the above that I'm never letting get near you. But still, I know, give you every advantage I found. Couldn't find a better fit for them along with my crown. And since the baton was passed, hopping down, cause feeling's not an option and dad is not a noun, not at all. Good morning, good morning, good morning. Yeah, but if you're in another part of the world, good afternoon. My name is Ishmael. I am here. That is not a now. We are back again, and I have a special guest with me today. And I'm going to call this episode Africa Makes Comic Books, because they do. And I'm truly privileged and honored to have one of the trailblazers in this world. I'm going to call him by his uh, superhero name. They call him the Dream Maker. Dream Maker, welcome on. How you doing, sir? I'm good. I'm good. good. It's good to be on your show. Uh, thanks for having me to discuss about uh, Africa and uh, content coming from Africa. Thank you. And content matters. And like I said, I look at you as a trailblazer. And I think our greatest superpower is our imagination and our hands. The reason why I say that, because... When you believe something and you think of something, yeah. you have those two hands and you create it. So talk about the importance of imagination. Wow. Um, um, you know, when, when, you, when you live in a country like Nigeria, you know, where there's very limited opportunities and um, it's not as, um, it's not as um, structured and organized like you find in Europe or in America, um, you know, you, you, you tend to want to escape. You know? um, I'm sure you've heard about lots of Nigerians who leave Nigeria to, to live in the US or live in Europe and all that. Um, it's a sense of people trying to, to, to escape, you know. And for me, when I was much younger, uh, I, I grew up in a very poor, you know, poor home. Um, even though my father was doing very well when he was, when later on in life, you know, things happened that, hey, he lost his job and things got very, very difficult for us. And I, I, I moved from having a silver spoon to having no spoon at all. You know, so so the, the only way I could actually um, escape from my reality was to imagine. Mm. So I grew up with a very wild imagination. Um, sometimes I'll just be on my own and I'll just disappear, you know. Um, you'll see me just staring into the wall and I'm, not, I'm no longer here. <laughs> I'm in a different world. I'm somewhere like, Ayo, I'm talking. <laughs> so what that helped me do was it helped me create stories. I started writing stories. I started creating concepts as long as I was six years old. You know, I remember... Um, one of my first novels or first books I wrote was actually about the Bible. 
because yeah. I, I can't wait to imagine how you know um, the world looked like back then in the days right. of Jesus. I compiled a, a kind of um, a combination of different stories together of how I imagined you know, the Bible to look. So I, I grew up like that, and um, I think that has been my greatest. It has been my greatest superpower because. You know, not everybody can imagine something and make it happen. I, I can, I can. You know, um, when I see something in my mind, I, I can, I can bring it out. You know, and, right. and you see several of my comic book titles, my animations. You know, it's just sometimes I'm just sleeping, having a and then it's just like I stand up and I start writing story, and you know, it comes to life. And that's what we're trying to do with you know the projects that we're working on right now. So. It's, it's a very strong superpower, and I think it's it's even more um, it's more important than even having web web you know web shoots or having superpowers or having muscles or all that. So with the mind, I think the mind is the greatest thing a black man can have that would actually make them actually become what we want to be in terms of you know uh, being up there as black men all over the world. Yeah. And then talk about you know when it comes to just storytelling and animation um a lot of times um that part of the world in africa is usually influenced by the west so talk about some of that influence you as a younger child like comic books um animation series from the west that influenced you and at the same time talk about was there any kind of frustration because you didn't see any um any heroes that looked like you or came from where you came from, where, you, where you're from. So it's kind of a two-part question. Hmm. Okay. Um, well, you know, I, I think that's, that's kind of difference between um, those of us who, who, are, who are born in Africa, who grew up in Africa, and for those of us who are born in Europe or born in America. You know, when you are born in Africa, you grow up seeing everybody's black, <laughs> you know, maybe, maybe you see a white man once right. in a while. You know, I remember when I was younger, when he, when a white man passes, he sings, he sings songs. And then, <laughs> <laughs> you know, because it's, it's very strange, you know, see the white man like, oh, it's like, oh, you know, <laughs> So, you know, back in the day, the white man is the one who is embarrassed because right. you see him in a way, you know, and then he's like, oh, he's like trying to just right. run away from that. <laughs> you know, it was, it was later on when I started growing up and started traveling around the world. Um, I think I felt my first sense of racism or that sense of being really black uh, when I was in South Africa. I think that was my first um, trip out of Nigeria. And, and, and you know, there was this sense of consciousness about I'm black, you know, you know, and um, I've traveled to other European countries and places, and it's become more a reality to me that look, there's actually this thing out there, there's something called racism and all that. But I grew up with the the oldies cartoons, biker mice, uh, the money shows, uh, box bunnies, Spider Man, you know. Um, this ghost, what's it called? The ghost, uh, this, uh, you know, Captain Caveman, and all those exciting shows. And, and, and for me, I think, and I think that, that's what has really helped me because for me, 
I see stories. I don't. I don't necessarily see colors. I don't see race. I don't see tribe. You know, I see. I see good stories. You know, because growing up with those cartoons, probably you you, you see more of the um, you see cartoons that are not actually human beings. Maybe maybe like Mickey Mouse or just a mouse. Right. He's having the story out there, and I'm enjoying the story. You know, so for me, I grew up being a storyteller. I grew up just wanting to tell stories. I I, I didn't really have that um, that uh, mindset that oh, I want to do something for the black man. I want to do something for the black race. You know, I just wanted to tell stories. You know, right. but growing up now, I, I realized the need because I'm father now. I'm father of two. And you know, I like the show. Dad, uh, Dad is not now, you know. <laughs> Dad is bad. He's bad. Growing up now, I, I see my kids, and I, I realize that culture is being eroded. You know, right now, even in Nigeria, you find out that most of those cultural values that we used to have, they are going away. You know, they are going away, and and for me as a storyteller, it's getting, it's dawning on me now that I need to be a protector of some form of history, a protector of some form of culture. Right. You know, because if I have this superpower, I think I need to use it for something greater than my own personal good. I need to just, I need to preserve something. So I see myself now <laughs> um, writing more African stories. You know, I remember when I was in France, you know, and it dawned on me that there's no there's no way I could tell stories as good as these guys. I can't there's no way I can tell an American story as good as these guys. There's no way I could tell a French story as good as these guys. It's their culture, it's their history, they they, they know everything about that. I, I can't right. become them. But I can be me, you know, I, I can be me, you know. Yeah. And and when I'm me, I'm unique, I'm the only me out there, you know. Right. <laughs> you know, I, I, and I guess that's the second superpower I, I just discovered that when you are black and own it, you know, it tends to open more doors than you've actually even imagined. So, and that's what I'm doing right now, I'm trying to tell as much black stories, stories with people with black skin. Right. You know, even my comic books, all my comic books are, you know, heroes with black skin, um, with black problem, black black stations, uh, they live in black environments. And, I think we need to let the world actually see what we go through as well. You know, um, we need we need to somebody needs to show it, you know, and tell the rest of the world that this is our world and this is how it looks like. And that's what I that is what I intend to do for the for the next phase of my life. I think. And I think that's important too. Like you touched on it, is like being a storyteller. You are you are a gatekeeper, gatekeeper to the past, right? Because again, if you if we if you if if we're gonna be honest with ourselves, is that you know in this social media world, people don't actually do the homework to study the past, right? Especially here in America, when it, when you talk about the re, the rich history of Africa, the kings and queens, and I feel like the work you're doing is important because it gives us a, a, a view in a way where it's entertaining, but it's educational at the same time, you know, and. And I think that's a point. And I think it's a tough task because, again, it's all about trying to get it to everybody, right? And it's also, 
often people rely on Disney, they rely on Netflix to get their image and stories out there. But the difficult thing about that is that Disney and Netflix might not be the route to go because again, you got all this content on this one platform and let's say they may not promote it and it's just lost. Yeah. And the way you find it is that you'll search it. And it's like, oh, I didn't know this was on there. Yeah. Just just kind of talk about that, that, that struggle of trying to get that out there to people. Um, instead of using like the normal platforms that we tend to go to often. Yeah, it's, it's a reality. And I, and I tell tell folks here in Nigeria a lot of times, you know, um, you know, because you know, I I, I make comic books as well, so uh, I get a lot of friends say, look, I have my comic called Comixology, and I'm like, Comixology, are you sure you are, people will see you there, are you sure you know, you're going to be noticed? Because there's a lot of content on that platform that for them to actually know it exists, you know, they need to do a lot of searching, you know, and, and for me, I've, I've, tried, I've, tried, I've tried the best I can to create platforms for Black creators to actually showcase their work. One of them is the Lagos Comic Con, uh, which is the oldest comic convention in Africa right now. Um, and we've been doing it every year, you know, trying to promote and, you know, just give black people a platform where they can uh, be equally seen, you know, where there's not much competition, you know, because Africa is an emerging, let's <laughs> imagine, you know, in animation comics. And if you if you kind of rate us the same way you rate a DC or a Marvel or a Disney animation, sometimes you may focus more on the techniques and the skill sets and not pay attention to the story being told. And there's a lot of stories that I think Africa has to tell, you know. Um, and and that's what I'm trying to do. And that's why I found a spoof, you know, because I'm like, look. I need to do something. I need to be a voice, you know. Um, <laughs> there's no way uh, I can afford to to get my stories animated in America or in Europe. Because it's expensive. It's so expensive, yeah. you know. So I said, look, what if I create a studio here in Africa um, that helps black creators tell their stories, you know, at a very affordable rate, you know, something that everybody could you know, afford. You know, I wouldn't feel like, oh, you know, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm selling my children into slavery, you know. <laughs> you know so that's the reality. You know, it's, right. good, it's good to have one or two collaborations with a Disney or a Marvel. It's good. And right. we're, getting more, we're getting more black people on those platforms now. We just saw... Um, um, Marvel's uh, Captain America, Sam Wilson has taken over, he's a black guy, Black Panther, you know, they're trying to like share it on. Right. But, but I think um, there's still much more than mainstream uh, mainstream storytelling that we are seeing right now. And I think that's the one thing too, is sometimes when you think about collaboration, you know, you, you kind of touch on a kind of a um, touchy subject when it comes to ownership, right? Because you see right now, Disney is just buying up different animation studios. I know I know you know more about it than me behind the scenes. There was the African animation studio 
they're in collaboration with or they did they buy? They, they, they're in collaboration. They're in collaboration. Okay, okay, because that's the difference between collaboration and buying. Because if they buy it, they, they have ownership to it. <laughs> yeah, but, 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 but you know, when it, when it comes to content, right. know, when it comes to content, a studio like Disney would not want you to own the content because you know they might not buy your studio, but they would want to own the content. They probably yeah. give you a percentage or something from the realities. You know, I, I think it's just a business. They're just trying to be safe, so there's no um, issue later in the future where you come and sue or all that. So, and, and that's one thing I've learned, you know, because before I started my studio, I was just a creator, like creating stories, and I didn't really understand the business side of of creativity because there is a business side of creativity which many uh, black creators haven't really gotten to understand. You know? you know, understanding that part made me more business savvy, made me understand that, look, even though I have an African story, there's an international market. How do I sell an African story right. to be appealing to the international market? Because appeal is very important because I don't want to play a story that a, a German would not want to watch or a French would not want to watch, an American would just say, no, it's not for me. I want something that everybody would watch but yes, people, oh, this is African, who oh, have learned a bit of culture, we have seen a bit of history here, but then it's entertaining and everybody can enjoy it as well. And, and that's important too. Um, but also, um, talk about the new project you co- um, you're working on right now. Um, I know you've been given kind of snippets of <laughs> everything and I'm excited about it. So talk about it too, talk about that and talk about the, the historical significance of the story. Okay, well, well, for me, um, recently I just came back from um, Republic of uh, Republic of Benin, which is old Dahomey. You know, Dahomey was um, an ancient uh, place back in the day, and it, it dawned on me some time ago that um, whenever, whenever we, whenever Africans talk about their past or their culture, it's usually related to evil. It's really related to voodoo. It's related to negativity, you know? And you find a lot of people, because of Christianity now, we, we make, it looks, it sort, sort of looks like our culture is evil, you know? Right. And you see a lot of young people running away from that culture because they feel it's evil, you know? Because right. everything the media has put out there, it's put out that the black skin is black, is evil. Therefore, anything from that past is evil. Okay, so one of the things I'm trying to do is, you know, I'm trying to celebrate this past. You know, we, we have we have ancient kings, gods, and mythological heroes that we have in our in our past. You know, and I want to find a way of telling those stories and honoring those tales. You know, honoring those tales and putting it out there. You know, so that you could do your own research and say, okay, it's not that bad. You know. They were human beings as well, you know. Uh, for example, even, even, even the West, they had their bad bad days, the days of slavery, the days of the Ku Klux Klan, and they are, everybody's trying to cover it up now, but it was it was a reality. You know, yes. It happened. People were enslaved, people were kidnapped, who were killed back then, you know. So for me, the story called Ajaka Lost in Rome, um, and it's a... Um, it's a part factual historical story and part fiction, you know. 
Um, because you know, you need to put, bring in some pictures, bring in the one bag, and bring it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so it, it's, it's history and it's also some part fiction. So the story is about um, um, Ajaka. Ajaka is like the third king. He's like the third king in Oyo. Oyo is like a very huge empire, you know, in, in Nigeria, West Africa. And uh, for, for several years, Oyo was like the, the big bad, you know, the big bad in Africa, you know. Um, they have colonies everywhere, in Dahomey, Benin, everywhere. So it was a huge uh, empire. So Ajaka was like a third king, but he was quite weak. You know, he was a weak king. He right. was a king who believed in diplomacy, he believed, you know, he needed to peace, peace, peace. He didn't like fighting, you know. He was a man of peace, you know. However, people took advantage of him and um, so somehow he got, uh, he was kidnapped, you know. And, um, so the, the kingmakers, you know, you had to call in um, Chongo, who was, right. who was the god of thunder, you know, Obakusu. Uh, they called him in to help rescue his brother Ajaka. So Shogo comes in and he rescues Ajaka and then uh, he brings him home. But he says, Look, Ajaka, you can't be king anymore. Right. You can't be two kings in the dynasty. So you step down, I am king now. Okay, so Shogo sends Ajaka on exile, and that is where the fiction begins. And then mm. yeah, so you need to watch, yeah, it's what it's an eight, it's an eight-part uh, series. 25 minutes long. Uh, we're hoping that once um, we get the, the teaser out there, we we'll want to raise a Kickstarter of some sort to raise funds to be able to produce it locally so we can tell our stories. Because one thing I realized is that when, when you give your story out to a Disney or a Marvel or to all these big, uh, big five or whatever they call themselves now, um, there's a way you know, your story could be a bit watered down and you may not be able to tell the story you actually want to tell. You know? And that's why we want to do it here in Africa, raise funds for it and you know, give it that international quality. What people to watch that say, look, was this done in Africa? You mean this quality can be done in Africa? Wow, by Africans. Yeah. That's 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 what we want to do, and that's what we are doing. And and you are doing, and like I said, I'm a big fan of what you're doing and what you're creating is you know, you're creating this 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 great energy, this great vibe of it's okay to like comic books, you know. Yeah, it's okay to like grown man cartoons. Yeah, let's be it's grown man cartoons, but it's yeah. okay because I know that's the one thing is this is the reason why you're doing what you're doing is to let people know, you know, it's okay to like it, but also you can make a living if you know the business side and you're creative, you can make a living on what you love to do. And I think one of the things that hinders us as a people is that we often work at places because of a paycheck. Even though we don't like the job and it, it puts a stress on us, we do it because it, pay, it, it, it you know it pays the bills. It may not pay enough of the bills, but it pays the bills. But you're like, you know what? Do what you love. But at the same time, if you love what you're doing, learn the business side. You know, because you, the, the greatest wealth that we have is peace of mind. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. That yeah. peace of mind is, is is the greatest riches of all. Yeah, yeah. And if you learn how to map that out, you yeah. know, you, you 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 can't pay for that. <laughs> you know, I, you know, I, I, I worked in the job 
a nine-to-five job for five years. And there's nothing wrong working at a job, you know. Right. That doesn't go out there. There's nothing because you need to make some money, you know. But, but when you get to a point where you're working at a place and you're not really at peace, you're not happy, you know, then it's now all about the money. You know, it shouldn't be all about the money. You should enjoy what you do. For example, in school, I tell them, look, if there's any day you discover that you're not happy working here, you feel this is not what you want to do anymore with your life, just knock on my door and tell me you're leaving. I will let you go with warm hearts because I don't want you to be in school and feel sad or feel unhappy or feel like you are not really uh, fulfilling your destiny or fulfilling your dreams because I don't I want to be that person. I don't want to be. I don't want to be a slave. I want just to work for money. I want to work because I feel I believe what I'm doing. I enjoy what I'm doing. Uh, you know, yesterday at the management meeting, I was asking my team. I was asking them, "How do you feel?" The reactions of people to Ajaka. He said, "Oh, they feel good. You know, they feel like superstars." <laughs> I was like, "Yes, you know, because now you know they get calls from people from all over the world just because they are part of the team." You know, because and, and that's one thing, you know, everybody wants to be part of something great in their lifetime. You know? They want to know that their life matters. They want to know that they are contributing something to the greater good. You know, and that's what Ajaka gives us. Ajaka gives us that peace. You know, people, people, some people are saying, oh, they are trying to be the first. You know, they are trying to show that they can beat Disney or Marvel. I said, no, 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 we're not trying to do that. We're just trying to be happy. We're just trying to do right. something with love. We're just trying to just create something that we are proud of. You know, something we can show anybody. I think we did it. We did it. You know, I feel proud. That's all we want. And we're getting that vibe. People are really enjoying the tease because we're teasing and teasing and teasing. And... <laughs> Come on, give us <laughs> And I love that energy and uh, and I think it, it spreads like a, a great virus because it makes people wake up every day and and, and, and and feel good to have that purpose, that mission, you know, to wake up every day. You, you know, you're yeah. doing something bigger than yourself. And that's yeah. what you're doing as spoof animation. So what do you see the legacy of spoof and animation. What is the what legacy you want to leave behind for spoof animation? It's a great question. <laughs> you know, and every every year I celebrate my birthday, I ask myself, what legacy do I want to leave behind? And I think it's just one legacy. And that legacy is that we are Africans, we are black, we are proud, and we can do it too. Mm. We can do it. And for me, if that's the only legacy I leave behind, I want kids that come behind me and say, look, Spoof did it. Ayo did it. I can do it too. You know, and that's the legacy. But one thing we realize is ever since we started Spoof, we've seen some young guys also want to do it, you know. Ever since we started teasing Ajaka, we see some people breaking out their old stuff and saying, look, we've done something like this before. You know, and it's encouraging. I'm happy, you know, because yeah. now, you know, because being a hero, you know, it's not just about saving people's lives. It's about being an icon that people can look at and say, look, I want to be like that guy, you know. I want to be Wonder Woman, I want to be Superman, I want to be Superman, I want to be Captain America. You know, I want to be spoof. I want to be a spoof general because I, yeah. because I believe in what spoof stands for. I believe in what they are doing. 
I represent and I want to create either a company, a studio, or have a life that has the values and the, you know, those values that school stands for. And for me, that's a legacy that I want to be remembered for. You know, when when one day, you know, God takes you, it takes me off, uh, I want you to remember me that look, he walked the talk. He was not just a talker, he talked and he walked the talk. He did it, you know, right. made us proud. And because he did it, we can we can walk. Look, look at Martin Luther King, you know. Martin Luther King is like is someone I respect a lot because yeah. someone that he set a legacy, you know, he set a legacy for other people to, to follow. And today we have we had a black president in America because of what he laid down then, you know. So right now people may not really see the significance of what they're doing, but five years, ten years down the line, you're like, wow, if I was proof that laid the foundation that made us believe it can be possible, you know, maybe we would have been able to get there this fast. So that's my and then also apply that to being a father as well as how do you balance you know you know you got your hands on as many things you know you're the, the founder of spoof animation you know you got uh, the comic-con and you got other things so how do you balance being a father and being there for your family spending that time and then also you know your work you know your owner your ownership so you know, being an owner, that's 24 seven. That's not like, you can't, you can't just turn it off. <laughs> it's on. So talk about that balance. I, I think, I think the secret, the secret is don't be an actor. Don't be an actor, you know. Um, I see a lot of people, they want to be, they want to be a great dad. They want to be like their father. They want to live up to expectations of their parents, they want to be a good father, and unconsciously they are acting, you know, they are pretending, you know, and when you pretend, you can't sustain for too long, you break up at one point. So what I've learned to do is, I don't act, I'm myself, you know, whether I'm at home or at work, I'm not, I'm not somebody different, you know, I'm the same person, you know? it's called integrity. Right. You know, you're the same person everywhere you go, you're the same person. You see me here online, I'm the same person. You see me in the office, I'm the same person. You see me at home with the kids, I'm the same person. You know, I'm not perfect, I'm not perfect, but I'm who I am, you know. And, and that has helped me not to break down, you know, because if you're trying to come to the office, I want to be like the boss of this, you get to, you want to be a loving father, you know. <laughs> You know, and then like, who am I today? Who am I right now? <laughs> and then you break up. So, so what? What it helps me do is it helps me be myself. I'm enjoying any position I find myself when I'm when I'm in the comic team. I'm talking when I'm in the comic con um, meeting. I'm myself, and people see through that. You know, and I and I think it has opened a lot of doors for me because. Uh, I'm not perfect, but I'm sincere. I'll tell, I'll tell you how I feel. I'll tell you what I think. You may not like it, but hey, it's, it's how I feel. Okay. Right. And people, people, people see through that. You know, most of the clients that have come to me that have worked with me, they're like, I know you, you seem to, you seem to push this animation thing in our face, yeah. like, you know, <laughs> so, you know, you know I, I was, I was with one of our clients in France at uh, Annecy. Uh, the film festival, and she was like, 
Like, I, they're like the kids, you know. They don't watch their Like, I, they're the kids, you know. Right. And she said something, she said, why can't you be more business-like? Why can't you be more regal? Why can't you be more square-chested and... <laughs> like, I, I don't want to be that. I don't want to be that. I want to be me. You know, if you like me, you like me for me. You know, if you don't like me, hey, someone will like me. And, and I try to pass that to my kids as well. Tell them to be yourself. Yeah. You know, um, you don't need to impress me. I don't want to be the best kid. I just want to be yourself. You know, if you want to draw, if you want to animate, I'll support you. If you don't want to draw, if you don't want to animate, hey, it's okay, it's all good. Whatever you want to do, just be you. You know, and let me be me. And I think we'll be fine as father, son, father, daughter, or even the husband. So, yeah, that's how I, that's how I'll be able to balance all the worlds together. And then also, I always pose this question to all my guests. You know, people acting like the pandemic never, never happened, especially here in the States. So what have you learned about yourself personally, as a father, as a husband, as a, a business owner? through the pandemic that you didn't learn, that you didn't know, that you learned through the pandemic? I, I, I learned, I learned that, I learned that love is the greatest and surround yourself with good people. Surround yourself with good people, you know. You know, many people lost, lost staff, they lost wives, they lost husbands, they lost children, even the pandemic, because what they had was not true love. The pandemic opened a lot of things. You know? But for my own case, I didn't lose one staff during the pandemic. Not one staff left. Not one. I wasn't paying salaries, but they stayed. You're like, Mr. Ayo, we believe in this dream, and we love you. We, we know it's not your fault. We're going to stay. We're going to do whatever we can to make someone on the side but once this pandemic is over, we're coming back, and we're all back together. They're all here. So I, I learned that when you love people, there'll come a time they'll love you back. You know? you know, it's like depositing money in the bank, depositing money of love, just depositing love into them. One day it will pay back. So for me, the pandemic, my love that I've showed in the past paid off because for me, I didn't really feel the things that most people feel, felt, you know, because I had so many people around me. Um, people bringing food to my house for my church, you know, sending you know food you know, because it, it was quite tough. It was quite tough. You know, I couldn't make money. I couldn't survive. You know, so I, I realized that having people around you, it's good. Having people that love you around you, it's good. It's like the best thing that happened happened to you. So I'm grateful for everybody in my life, the fans, the people that love me, my wife, my kids, my staff here at school. I love them all and love me right back. <laughs> and you know what, man? And I feel the love in this conversation, man. This was amazing conversation because I think I feel your energy. You know, I feel your transparency. And just just I see amazing things in the future, man. I, I can see Disney reaching out to you, say, hey, we, we like collaborate. <laughs> Let's collaborate. You know what I mean? Because what you're doing is important. You are a trailblazer in this world. Because if you think about it five, what, six, seven years ago, 
not even like 10 years, let's say 12 years ago, would you ever imagine a Comic-Con in Africa? Would you ever envision that? People, people said I was crazy, you know, starting war. <laughs> but I know. I know. But, but you knew there was a fan base that wanted that. Yeah. That you never saw what it looked like. They saw it on the Western side. Exactly. Yeah. Here. Never. yeah. And, and, and that takes us back to your first question imagination. You know, you need to be able to imagine, you know, imagine how it would look like. You know, you know, you know, when I was younger, you know, as a creator, one of the greatest things that could happen to you is someone looking at your work and saying, wow, this is great. I don't know, it's it's more than money. I don't know. For me, for me, money, money doesn't really get me on. Money doesn't, you know, tickle my fancy. Right. But when, when someone appreciates the work, you know. Right. So creating that platform for, for young people to get their work appreciated and somebody picks up like, you did this, you mean you did this, this is great, you know? Yeah. You know, it's, it's the greatest feeling. And, and that's why I started Lagos Comic Con. And, and that's why I started Spoof, you know? Yeah, and it's I, an awesome feeling. <laughs> no, and it is because, again, when you create something, you put in yourself into it. You're being vulnerable. Mm, yeah. And I think as creators, as people who do not create, who consume, they don't they don't understand the vulnerability you put into it in your work. And then when you get someone that sees it, says this is amazing, you know, it makes it worthwhile. Like, yeah, I, even though I created for myself in a way, but at the same time, you know, I, I'm vulnerable that I want to share with people and get their views. And then when you get that, this is amazing. Then you're like, you take a step back. You're like, you know what? This this is why I'm doing what I'm doing. You know? And I'm loving what you're doing. So before we end this podcast, what is in the future? What is coming through the pipeline through spoof animation and then the other uh, ventures? Yeah. One of the things we are trying to do is we, you know, for the past five years, we've been We've been so much in the service business, we're trying to help others create their content. But we've got to the point that we want to create our own content now. So in the next one or two years, we'll be raising funds, getting investors, uh, trying to create our own content. You know, Ajaka is one of them. We're hoping to raise, I don't know how much now, but raise at least a sizable amount of money to start the project and get it running. And then, we, we see partnerships you know, with Netflix, partnerships with Disney. Um, I love what Netflix is doing with Castlevania, Eman. I think it's something we can do. You know, it's right. something that's possible with African stories and stuff. So we see that in the future, and we are making we are making steps, we are making inroads to connect with them and mix um, with a global brand. You know, uh, even though we are based in Lagos, Nigeria, we, we want to be a global brand where we can touch everybody's life. From Brazil to Argentina to Scandinavia, Germany to Finland or Sweden, everybody around the world should be able to enjoy the goodness of what proof has to offer. And we're going so much into peer, peer globalization, publicity, getting more people to know about the great stuff we're doing. That's that's what we have in our immediate future. 
And I and, and I know we talked in the DM. I am excited about um your, your collaboration with uh uh Mr. Pitts, yeah. the Marion world. I'm excited about that. I can't wait. Um excited. <laughs> uh, hopefully we get like an actual trailer, hopefully soon. Cause I need that in my life, please. <laughs> and then also, this is my final question. This is gonna be a tough question. You, you don't have to answer it if you want to think about it, and we can do this on a different podcast, right? Let's say you have this Marvel universe, and you had your original Avengers, right? Name me your top five original Avengers in in the the fort low of African kings and queens or warriors. If you if you had to start a Marvel universe with five characters from Africa, from Africa, who would they be? <laughs> that's why I said if you want to do this on another episode, that's fine. And the reason why I pose this question is because I think it's important that especially like the people that listen to this podcast is that you know putting names it's important that people do research on these names because it's important because it's a part of our history. Because yeah. at the end of the day, we all came from Africa. So and it's important that we know our, our path, our roots. And you know we were, we, you know we come from kings and queens and great warriors, and we don't know that, and we need to know that. So that's why I posed that question to you, so we could <laughs> we could do that on another episode. <laughs> I think I think you know, Africa Africa is such a big space, yeah. you know, it's such a big space, and people don't actually know how big Africa yeah. is. In Nigeria alone, we have about 250 cultures, tribes yeah. in Nigeria, just Nigeria alone. You know, and imagine those tribes having their different kings, their different cultures, their different gods. So there's there's like a myriad of a myriad of people or you know, people that could easily fit into the Avengers with various superpowers and all that. So it's gonna be very difficult for me to pick. You know, right now, you know, because there are so many, so many good stuff. You know, like people on that pick. So uh, I think we'll do a part two. You know, where, yeah. where we we'll talk about gods and talk about you know kings and queens that come from Africa and have done great stuff. Yeah, and I'm I'm excited about that, man. And I'm happy I put you on that spot like that. So now I give you homework to do. <laughs> but thank you, sir. I appreciate you jumping on. Thank you. Before we end it. Um, what word of advice do you have to, to to the younger youth out there who's kind of on the fence of doing this, becoming a want to get into illustration animation? Like, what advice do you have for them? For me, I, I think there's no better time to go into animation now um, because. The cobwebs have been removed and the path has been cleared. You know, there's there's a thorough now that you just go through. 
Uh, so the advice I'll just I'll, I'll say is um, the whole world is waiting for the manifestation of African creators to come out. Okay? But then you must realize that nobody's going to give you anything on the platter of gold. Nobody's going to call you to sit at a table. You need to fight for it. And fighting for it means you need to improve your skill set. It means you need to improve your imagination. You need to be able to believe in yourself. Don't let anybody put you down. You, know? you need to say, look, this is who I am. This is what I believe in. And you should be able to get the, the necessary skills that you need, whether it's in business or in the arts. You, know? you need to be ready for that opportunity because it's going to come. They're going to knock on the door for you and yeah. don't show up. If you're not ready, it's going to pass you and somebody else will take it. Africa has been bypassed for too long. And why? Because most times when they come to us, they tell us we are not ready. We are not ready. We are not ready. You know? um, so we need to be ready. We need to get those scripts ready. We need to get those characters, designs, and ready. Um, we, need to, we need to have faith in ourselves. You know, I, I hear a lot of black people say, oh, what if, what if it doesn't work out? What if, what if I fail? What if you fail? What if you win? Yeah. I, I left my job. I didn't have a savings. I didn't have a savings. I began school. I didn't have any money. It was risky. I had it. My wife was pregnant. She was pregnant. She was on the way. And I left that job. It was a cushy job. Right. There was insurance. There was health, healthcare. There was housing allowance. It was everything any young man would want to have. But I left everything behind because I know that if I'm too scared to fail, I may be too scared to succeed. Mm. Okay, so you need to realize that you need to give up something to get something. You need, you need to just, you need to, you never know what will happen. You know, before I started school, I just traveled to just one country, Dubai. But right. when I began school, I've traveled to every continent in the world except Australia. <laughs> you know, <laughs> and, and it shows you. The possibilities out there. There's a huge possibility out there. So believe in yourself. Find mentors. Find people that you can ride on their shoulders. Because a lot of black people also have this arrogance, this ego. You have this ego and swag. <laughs> it's good, but you need to be humble as well. Because there are people who have gone ahead of you. You need to follow them and respect them and learn from them. Because we don't want you making the same things that we have made. Yeah. Um, so I think if they do that, they'll be fine. I think the world is really waiting for us to manifest, and I think this is our time. This is Africa's time. And it is, it is, it is Africa's time, and it's important, like us as uh, creators of you know our unique platforms, is to have yourself and um, creators in the African continent to come on and, and, and use this as a vessel to tell their stories because if not, no one else is going to do it. And I love that quote, if you're afraid to fail, then you're afraid to succeed. Yeah. They're, they're, they're like distant cousins in a way. Yeah. <laughs> the funny thing, when, when I began school, uh, I'm even more scared now to fail than I was when I began because you get to a point where you've succeeded, you're afraid. Any more afraid because now there's something at stake. <laughs> <laughs> there's something at stake now. Yeah. So yeah. no 
be afraid. Don't be afraid. You know, just look up into heaven, pray. You know, have God's backing. That's you know, right. God, God will surely not let you down. That's not it for Dreammaker, thank you. Thank you for coming on. Thank you for sharing your superpowers with me. <laughs> I feel energized now, you know, with the power of love and possibility and not to be afraid. But you're always welcome to join, come on, talk about what's going on new. Or if you have anyone in that world that wants to come on and, you know, promote what they're doing, the, the door is open. I appreciate your invite. <laughs> All right. Thank you, guys. This has been another awesome episode of That Is Not A Now. And we'll see you soon. Peace. So for you. Yeah. Yo. There will never it matters and even more when you feel like it doesn't Protect you so you never feel like you wasn't Know I'm right alongside you, here by that I hum behind you But always got you, hinder discussion, nothing means more First one to offer his shoulders for what you preach for Thought I saw the eyes of the world until I seen yours And know that I ain't see a better view yet I'm with whatever, so don't ever you fret Know that you covered, not a hurdle or a heartbreak To change what a partake, cause none of them won't ever get comfortable in your walkway My job is to aware you, fully loaded prepare you for all of the above that I'm never letting get near you but still in all give you every advantage I found couldn't find a better fit for them along with my crown and since the baton was passed hopping down cause feeling's not an option and dad is not a noun not at all my message to any dad man first off know that yeah it, it is a hard job but it's the greatest job in the world I wouldn't trade it for anything I wouldn't change anything about it everything you're doing from here on out if it didn't have purpose before, now it has purpose. It's the most important thing you'll ever do. Just be a dad.